traveling to places near and far. Been on the road so long, chasing my star. I love this rambling, even though it's sometimes hard. But I'll always come back, 'cause home is where you are. Well, I'm Rose Cabral, and this is the Home Is Where dot 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 podcast. <laughs> and I'm so excited to welcome Jennifer Cooper to the podcast today. Let me let me share a little bit about Jennifer. So Jennifer is the founder of the media company Jennifer, which makes perfect sense. Um. Jennifer is an online magazine for women in midlife. It's ambitious, audacious, and quite frankly, beautiful. I concur. Um, this year, Jennifer created Gen X, which is a membership community delivering exclusive content that includes live panels, member discussions, collaborations, and events. Um, Jennifer is the producer, uh, an award-winning producer, actually, let's say, and um, also has a special gift for identifying future trends and opportunities. Jennifer is very good at seeing, uh, helping other people see kind of where what they where they need to go and what they need to figure out. Um, Jennifer can tap into emotion, and uh, let's see what else. Um, Passionate about ditching shame as both an un, a conscious and unconscious lifestyle, which I am all for. So, welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Rose. Wow, that's quite the introduction. I don't even know. I didn't know I did all that stuff. <laughs> you did it though. Isn't it amazing? It is. Sometimes, uh, you know, you're just kind of going through life, right? You're doing your day to day. And when you stop <laughs> and you look at, you know, what you've done over the years, you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty badass. So, yeah, I know, I know secret. So I'll tell you a little secret. This is only the third okay. episode of the podcast. We'll, we'll share secrets already okay. is that I don't ask people for their bio or I haven't yet because I like to go and see what the, the, web internet and google will tell me about the person and then i put it together and i love the reactions just like the one you gave me because like you're right we forget what we've done and then we're like oh yeah it is (laughs) yeah no it is amazing to be seen through other people's eyes right it is amazing and especially people who are supportive and positive and like loving um who operate from that place it's really amazing and it is funny because most people when you ask for their bio are like oh man i don't know what to say i i I, wait what do i do and yeah it's so amazing thank you how generous do that for us. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime. (laughs) Um, I will also note that I was a participant of your uh, event in Baltimore, one of your, your Gen X launch 
And yeah. I will say that it was amazing. And I love Baltimore and I cannot wait to go back. <laughs> oh, that's my heart. Just delight. So are you ready to dive in? Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready for it. Okay. Let's go. All right. So my first question for you is what does home mean to you? Mm, home is warmth. Mm. And I mean that not just as in temperature. Actually, I don't mean that in temperature. <laughs> I mean that in feeling and experience. Um, it feels like a hug, you know, it feels like a place where it's very safe. It's very comfortable. Uh, it's warm. Yeah. I love that home is warmth. And mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about when you first felt that sense of home. Mm, God, we're going deep. Um, we're going so we're going deep. deep. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, okay. I'm going to tell you, I felt that first sense of home in a person, mm -hmm. interestingly enough. Um, when I met my husband, uh, you know, we were young and I just, I don't know. He just felt like home to me. And then I will say in terms of home, home, like the traditional idea of home, we had, uh, been married for, you know, about a year and a half and we were renting an apartment. It was our first place that we lived outside of our parents' houses because neither one of us like lived on campus at school. And so we were like, oh, we were like in our 20s. And this was before the housing crisis, right? And we were looking at all, we, we knew we wanted a house because that was like, we were following all the things like you get a job, you get married, you get a house, you have kids. And so I was like, okay, I want to get to the kid part. <laughs> so we needed the house part first. Um, in my mind, you know, right. you're going to stick to the traditional timeline. Yeah, old yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all very old school, traditional, conventional uh, stuff. But um, yeah, and I remember our our realtor um, kind of showing us a bunch of places. And when we walked into the home I'm living in now, I could feel it. I was like, this is the place. And it was amazing. And it's really funny because only one other family had ever lived here and the house hadn't changed since 1954 when it was built. <laughs> so it had like the old fridge, the old stove, um, that once I tried to light and burned half my eyebrows off. Um, <laughs> but it just, you know, it's really, I just knew, and we've been here for ever since. So it just, you know, it's funny too, because when people come to our house, they say, oh, I love this place. It feels so nice. And so that it's not like it looks beautiful or anything like that. I mean, it does, but it's like, it feels nice. So, and I think the greatest compliment I've ever gotten as a parent was when my adult kids were reminiscing about their childhoods and they, um, they would have their friends over and they said that all of their friends loved being here because mm. it was so different than their homes. And I was like, like in a, in a positive way, like it was calm, it was fun. There's giggling, you know? So that was just, that was my best moment. So. Yeah. It was probably warm. Yes. Yes. How <laughs> <laughs> <So> warm. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you've been there. Okay. So 
Okay. So you said home is a feeling and it, you first felt it with your husband. And yeah. tell me when, when was that? Like what age were you? Oh, I was only 16. So that's a pretty early time to be. That's a super early time. And if anybody else told me, oh, you know, like my kids, when they were 16, if they would have been like, oh, I want to stay with this person, you know, I'd be like, no, go, go out. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It worked. I mean, beyond that. So, so I think that happened because, you know, when I, when I was little, my dad was in the Navy. And so we moved around, like my very first year is we're moving from place to place, to place, to place. Mm. And there was even a period where, um, you know, my mom was waiting for base housing. And so we didn't have a place to stay. So we just camped at a park, you know? So I think, and, and, and so, yeah. And I think my house growing up was rambunctious <laughs> and, and I remember retreating to my room a lot, like just having that sense of like stability. So yeah, I think so. So I don't know where I was going with that. What was I talking about? <laughs> wow. Sorry. Yeah. So you, so, and it sounds oh, so when, like, so my husband, yes. So I think like for those first 16 years, like it's really not that long of a time, but it was like, there was some type of like sense of like stability or warmth or like connection, you know, that feeling of being just fully safe to express yourself, you know? Yeah. Especially at that age. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we've been together ever since. And I think what you said about moving around when you were little and then wanting to like have a space where you didn't have to move. You could be in one spot. Um, you could bring whatever you wanted there to that spot, right? And make it your own, create that warmth. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've, I've, there are some themes that are starting to emerge and that is one of the themes that I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, it's gotta be a place that you feel safe, right? To express yourself fully and comfortably. Yeah. And so, okay. Well, I want to hear more about how you found this home. Okay. So you, how many houses had you looked at before you had walked into this one and knew it was the one? So this is, uh, I can't tell you the exact number, but it was a lot. And we were, you know, young and we didn't have a lot of money. And this was back again, before the housing crisis, when people could actually afford a house. Um, but even we were like scraping by and borrowing, uh, borrowing, you know, money from his, from my husband's grandmother, um, to, to, to be able to afford this place. But we, we went, I remember our realtor was our friend's, uh, mom. Mm -hmm. And, and we were like, oh, well, we want to, uh, we're, we want to find a house in this area. And so she took us to all of these different homes within a kind of a large radius. And I remember <laughs> some of them were such dumps. Like, I mean, like, like didn't have floorboards in them, you know, and that was what we could afford. One of the houses had like dog poop in the, in the, um, in the living room. Wow. And you, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Somebody selling their house just left that. Um, and the agent left it too. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it was, so, so we were looking at some real low, uh, really almost uninhabitable places. I remember one place, uh, we went to, there was, you know, there was, uh, we were doing the tour, but there were like people all throughout the house, like they didn't leave. And Uh, so it was just very awkward, right? Like it's very hard to imagine yourself in a place when the current family is there cooking dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't know if this is right for me. Even if just their stuff is there sometimes, but then if the actual people are there, you're like, whoa. This is- yeah. 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 I don't want to know. Yeah. I like, now I feel like I'm intruding. And if I'm already going into a house in which I feel like I'm intruding upon somebody that I'm not going to get good feelings from it. Like, I'm not going to be able to be like, oh, I would love to live here. Cause already my mind is set. Like this feels awkward. So Yeah. Yeah, but we did do, we looked at a lot of houses. It took us a bit of time and, you know, we found this place and it, it was, uh, like I said, it was really rough around the edges. Nothing had changed since 1954, nothing. The wallpaper was the same. Eh, Nothing had changed. The windows were the same. Everything was the same. So, uh, we really had to, you know, it's funny because it was almost like we looked past all that. Mm Mm-hmm. And we we're like, no, we can imagine a future here. And there was that feeling. Yeah, it was a feeling. Yeah, it was an absolute feeling. Do you know anything about the family that lived in your house before you? Yes, I know lots about the family that lived in the house before me. Would you like to hear about them? <laughs> yeah. How did you get the info? Or like, yeah, tell me. Well, I live in a they- I live in a neighborhood that's very stable. So we have people who have lived here since the 60s. Um you know, it's a real mix of people too. Um, and it's a real community like neighborhood, you know, like everybody looks out for one another, like almost, I remember moving to this place and people were coming up and saying hi and like giving us stuff. And I felt so weird because I had come from a town where nobody spoke to you. And so it took me time to be like, Oh, they're just saying hello. You can say hello back. <laughs> this is what a neighborhood is where neighbors talk to each other. Right, right. Well, growing up, my neighbors, you know, we had a house fire and um uh we had a house fire and when the fire people, fire yeah, fire people came and they were like shoveling stuff, all this stuff out of my room because the fire was in my room. It was faulty wiring. Um, my neighbors came out and set up lawn chairs and just watched and never offered help. I know it's crazy. Yeah, that really happened. Wow. And then when my mom actually before that, when my mom, this was before cell phones, when my mom went over there, she ran over there. She's like, I need to call um, my husband. Our house is on fire. They said, is it long distance? Oh, oh my goodness. So going from that to where I live, like, I feel like I'm on Sesame street. Wow. <laughs> it's such a, it took me a minute to, to like adjust. So, but I did learn a lot from the people who lived here. So the family who lived here, it was a Italian family. So they had immigrated here and it was, uh, the grandparents lived in our basement. There was like a little kitchenette for them. And then the, um, husband and wife and their kids lived here. Um, and you know, there was, he would, you know, there was like a a garden with tomatoes and they would cook like all this Italian food, like traditional Italian food. And, and, um, 
and it was really sweet. And, and apparently I think it was the grandfather, it was the dad, I think, or maybe it was the grandfather was a tailor and the best story. I don't know if this is true, but I want it to be true <laughs> is that <laughs> he was a tailor who did, um, he, he did, um, some of Elvis's costumes. Wow. Yeah. So there was a, a tailor, a drafting table down in our basement when we moved here, like this big and had big table and it had green felt on it. And I just love thinking about like Elvis's costumes, just like laying there as this like little guy. You would have made it into a museum. Yeah. Well, we got rid of it (laughs) Yeah, and I can't verify. I can't vet it. Yeah. And then, you know, then there was like, apparently this, you know, it it went down, it it transferred down the family until the son uh, got it and he was not able to keep it. So um, he, I, I think he had some, some issues. Apparently he like painted his car out front, like with a roller, like a, like a, like a, like regular wall paint with a roller. Wow. (laughs) So, That's how I know these stories. Cause when we moved in, they were like, wow, you guys are like normal. (laughs) (laughs) Not not painting your car uh, with a, with a wall roller, huh? Yeah. No, (laughs) no. I love though that there was generations of people living in your house because that was very common in those times, especially immigrants traveling, right? They all lived together. They helped each other out you know, they cooked and it was just kind of a different way of living than it is today where everyone's all by themselves secluded. I think in some ways we're maybe getting going back into the direction of generational living with like some accessory dwelling units, right? Having the family Mm -hmm. live nearby, maybe not in the basement, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. I think about where my kids will land, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll land here after college for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you talking about that intergenerational family living together. That's how my family lived together. Not my mom and dad, but my dad's family. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my grandmother lived with her daughters, lived with her granddaughters. Um, and they did come, they were immigrants. So, um, yeah, it's just, so I guess maybe there's some type of like psychic feeling here where it felt like very homey. You know, yeah, like the family tree is like very full, and yeah, (laughs) that's so cool. I love hearing stories about people living in their houses and what you find out. The Elvis story is very cool, too. Imagine, imagine if Elvis came to your house for some fittings. Yeah, (laughs) that would be so hilarious because I could, I can't imagine him rolling up like with his entourage to this little tiny (laughs) place, but Hey, who knows, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So that, so that's how you found your spot and it's super different than where you grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said, Sesame street, I think like Mr. Rogers neighborhood, right? Just everybody's like, hello. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, people brought us brownies. Um, and like when I had my first kid, like people brought food and it was, it was just so different. And, um, what's funny I think is my reaction to that uh, is like, I'm surprised by my reaction to that because I, it was so abnormal, right. For me, yeah. but it was so loving and kind and we've done the same for, for each other. So yeah. When our kids were growing up, I really loved the 
fact that there were like seven different houses they could go to if something happened. And I felt yeah. comfortable with all of them. Yeah. They, they had their own little, like not homes, but like, I don't know what you would call it, that they could go and feel safe and comfortable with their friends. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Like all these little like satellite spaces, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, and, and still to this day, you know, the kids like often bring their, you know, friends back here. And so it's been, it's been really nice. Yeah. The web of houses kind of like in stranger things, I think about, you know, yes. have their little houses they'd bike to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how, you know, in our neighborhood, there are kids running around all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. Okay. So you found your spot. So let's see. And you've been there. How long have you been there now? Hmm. We moved in just days before September 11th. Okay. So what a time to move. Yeah. Yeah. It, It was, it was the worst time to move. I remember thinking, uh, it was just weeks before. Um, and what a time to like our first home. And then it felt like the whole, you know, world was falling apart at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I remember that day so clearly and just feeling like this empty house. Cause we didn't have a ton of stuff. We were moving from a tiny apartment and being like, what is going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just such a weird, weird time, but yeah, so we've been here <laughs> since then. Um, yeah. So what is that? Long time. 20, 20, I don't know, however many years. We can do the math later. Yeah. Yeah. Let somebody else do the math. There are a, good a few decades. They can, they can do it. Yes. <laughs> Multiple decades. Um, okay. So is there anywhere else that you feel like home at? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a town. Um that's not far from here. Um, it's actually, uh, it's about 45 minutes away and I don't know what it is about that place, but whenever I go, I feel very relaxed. So, you know, stroll Mm -hmm. around the town and, um, it's just beautiful. That's towards the mountains. So, um, I don't know, there's just something really lovely about that, um, place. Um, And it's actually where my husband and I got married. It's where we had our first apartment. So it's probably those things that really make me feel. And I used to, when I was growing up, I would go there for like ballet classes to the mall, like do all the mall rat stuff, which it's a tiny town. So it was a very pathetic mall. Um, But I had one of those uh, too. Yeah. What was yours like? Uh, Our mall was, well, it was two stories and it had a McDonald's in it. Mm-hmm. And a king's table, which like is like a buffet, please. Okay. Which I don't think it exists anymore. And I think at one point it had a movie theater. So maybe it wasn't that small, but. Yeah. Mine was only one floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yours was smaller. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. It was only one floor and you could probably walk the whole thing and like, you know, 10 minutes. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it was tiny, but it was like our place to hang out. So, um, back in the day. 
Yeah, ours had like these redwood trees in the middle. It was like built maybe around this like four or five. There, there weren't that many redwood trees. And so that was the place you could like hang out with wow. the redwood trees. Yeah, we don't have that here. <laughs> was, but and there weren't that many. Like this is in the valley. So there's not really redwood trees. There were orchards. So I don't really even know why there were these redwood trees, but. Well, yeah. it's, it was a nice place to congregate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, get the uh, lemonade at the lemonade, whatever that stand was called, where they pump the lemonade. I don't um, know that one. The hot dog on a stick. Oh, yes. Hot dog on a stick. Kind of like Orange Julius. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that place was... A little, so do you, when's the last time you went and visited that place? Is it frequent? Oh, just this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We go every, we go every so often. So you can still kind of maintain like a connection to it and feel like it. Does it give you that warm feeling? It does. Yeah. 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 It's nice. It's, it's nice to be able to feel at home in multiple places. Right. And I think the ultimate goal really is to just feel at home wherever you are. Um, But, uh, yeah, it, it is nice. There are certain places that give me that, um, that feeling. Yeah. Oh, conversely, when I go back to where I grew up, I do not feel comfortable. Oh, I always feel like this weird, like feeling. Yeah. And how far away is that? It's just about 30 minutes, uh, about 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes away. Yeah. Just in another direction. Yes but it feels <laughs> so different. Like the people are different. The, what they value is different. Um, it's just a real different place, which that's probably why I didn't feel like a sense of ease when I was young. Yeah. I mean, and we it, had neighbors who like asked if it was a long distance phone call when somebody's house was on fire, you know, that's wild. So, yeah. So it's still that same neighborhood where like people don't know each other's names and they don't talk to each other. Would you say it's kind of the same? I don't know, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's still like that or not, but I do know that for me that when we were looking for a house, I really wanted to know about the neighborhood how people treated each other. Um, and for, for us too, racial and ethnic and uh, religious diversity was really important because both my husband and I had, well, I had grown up in a place that had none of that. <laughs> so I knew we were going to have kids and I knew that I wanted them to um, have a different experience growing up. Yeah. So we looked yeah. for all those things. Yeah. And that's interesting that you say that because Growing up in a place where everybody is very similar, right? Mm-hmm. I could see how that would be way different than being in a diverse place where people are coming from different backgrounds and beliefs and, um, yeah, just that richness of culture and diversity really can transform yeah. a place. It can. And I actually feel that's probably why so many people here are nicer uh, or Oh, I'm being so mean, uh, <laughs> are, are warmer. Um, uh, because like you retain your sense of identity yet you have to be in community with each other. And so how do you do that? 
And so I have found that, um, you know, when we would go to, when my kids were growing up, they, they were able to learn very quickly, you know, not to stereotype people and, and learn very quickly. Um, kind of like there are certain things that, um, you, there's a give and take, right? So, I think that's why everybody here is so friendly. You know, I think it's because we've had to learn to live next to each other, even though, you know, we might have different ideas politically or, um, you know, religiously or whatever. And somehow, I don't know, there's just something there where it's like, you gotta, you kind of got to get over things like, or at least leave room for people's experiences that, that aren't exactly like yours. Yeah. And just being open to the possibility, right? That things might not be exactly how they look and being like, oh, I might have this assumption and oh, that was wrong. So now I'm going to re relearn, like re-educate or like words are not coming to me right now, but (laughs) I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's, yeah, your assumptions are kind of thrown in the trash can very early on. Yeah. Love it. And your identity is it, it's interesting too what you said about identity, right? Because figuring out who our identity is, and I was actually listening to somebody, I think it was Matthew McConaughey talking about social media, which was kind of random, but about his kids using social media. And he was talking about how he wanted them to form their own identity before they got on social media and had everybody else form it for them. Yeah. And so it's an interesting, it's interesting to think too about how, where we grow up or where we live, like how that forms our, our identity or doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Who's in your friend group? Who's in your community? Who's, how did you grow up? Like, and how did that uh, impact you? Cause I have people like where I grew up really fit for some people, some people like that I went to high school with, they stayed in the area and they raised their family. Um, good for them, not for me. Right. So our experiences were different. Um, I mean, our experiences might've been the same, but how we interpreted them or the stories we took away from them were, were different. So, um, but I do think that having lived in both places has given me a deep appreciation for giving people space um, to, you know, giving people space to have a reaction or giving people a space to um, share their stuff. Cause I I don't know what it's like. Right. So um, yeah. And, and try, and I think it's really checked my own biases. Um, and help me throw some trash in the trash can as well, <laughs> you know, yeah. even as an adult. So, right. There's so much unlearning still happening and we don't know what oh. we don't know. And so like, let's keep learning what we don't know and growing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I also, there's something I like about my neighborhood too, and that's it's intergenerational. Mm. And I love that. I love that, you know, my kids growing up had, you know, our neighbors were like kind of like their third set of grandparents and they would give them like cards with like, you know, uh, you know, money in them for their birthdays and stuff. And 
you know, when they passed away, they also had that experience, you know, Miss Pat, Miss Pat, like, you know, so they'll always have that um, kind of of memory. Um, And then, yeah, we have a lot of young families too. So it's just, it's just nice. It works for us. That sounds so beautiful. That's such, sounds like such a beautiful community that you have lived in and helped create too, because you're a part of it and your kids are a part of it. Um, yeah. Okay. I want to transition a little bit and talk about, I want to talk about the Gen X community. Ooh, speaking of community. <laughs> yes. And I didn't plan on talking about this, but I mean, um, you, I feel like you are creating a home for a whole group of people. So yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that, I feel like that ties into this discussion. Oh, totally. Um, I mean, I do too. So for me, when, when, you know, there's a lot of talk about and chatter about community, 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 like there was like back in the day, but really what that was, was an audience, right? Do you have a big audience? That's different than having a community because an audience comes and goes, you say one thing they don't like, and they leave, or you say one thing they like, and they're, they like come, you know, or you go viral for one thing. And it's, that's an audience. Um, but a community stays, a community works their stuff out. A community um, also is there to support one another and to cheer each other on. Um, It's not transactional. That's what an audience is, right? You are giving Mm. something to the audience and they're giving you something back by just their presence, but it's not, they're they're not helping you um, grow. And I think that's really what a community can do. It creates this like, Hmm. It creates this like interwoven quilt or net or something like that, that, that just holds you, you know, it's really lovely. And for me, finding like-minded people, um, has, and, and, and that has been wonderful. That has helped me so much in my life. Um, and I, I take, and I, I take that seriously, like my role and I value the warmth that Mm. I can bring, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's what I really, there's so, it's so, the world is so harsh out there. We need a space. All of us need a space where we can just feel where we can be ourselves yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And, and, um, you know, so the Gen X community is, is for people who are, you know, women in midlife. Um, and, uh, and when I say women, I mean, transgender women, we're very pro, um, uh, and non-binary people. We're very pro queer. Um, we're very pro, um, basically people, <laughs> you know, so I want to make sure I'm clear on that. Share a little bit about why you called it Jen, Jennifer, and then Gen X. Mm, yeah. So this all is going back to, wow, I almost feel like this is therapy because you're making me <laughs> see things. <laughs> you're making me see things like home and community and all of that. So 
Um, so, so it was named Jennifer because that was the name. It was the name of a, a generation, basically. So, if you were born between the years of like 1968 and like 1988, you're you had a very high chance of being named Jennifer. Like yes. it was just a sea across the country. And so, uh, Jennifer means wave or or white wave, like the the uh, foamy parts of the wave. Mm. Um, and I thought about that and how it's this wave coming into middle age together and how it's very different than what our mothers experienced. And um, so I called it Jennifer, not, I mean, because it is my name, (laughs) but because it's like an avatar. There are so many of us out there, right? There's a community of Jennifers, (laughs) a big one. And then when we were thinking about creating a membership, you know, we wanted to create something that was fun and so uh, we called it Jen, J-E-N-X. And so when we bring on people, like it's a playful nod to the generation that I am a cusp of. Um, sometimes I feel very of it. And then other times I'm like, I don't feel at all a part of it. So that's really interesting. Um, but we called it J-E-N-X because when we bring people on too, there are collaborations. So it's Jen times, you know, whomever it is. And then we can come together and have these panel discussions or we can have these, um, chats. Um, yeah. And I also just like X is like a kiss or a hug, depending on how you do your X's and O's. (laughs) (laughs) And I just like that. I like that kind of layered thing going into it. Wow. I didn't know all those layers. I'm so glad I asked about all of that. Um, okay. And what generation are you on the cusp of? Uh, Gen X. So, um, I am just a few years outside of, I think it's called the Oregon trail generation or something like that. It's like right before the millennials. So, um, so I did, and my dad was an engineer. And so I did have a computer in 1980. I had a personal computer like in our house. So I kind of grew up in a different way than most of my peers did. you know, I still, I still had all those experiences, but I had technology. My dad worked on, you know, touch screens very early on. You know, we had dial-up modem and I remember, you know, message boards and I would, and I was like, who would ever, what type of dorks are going to be on message boards? <laughs> Meanwhile, that is what we are all doing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You were ahead of your time. I was, yeah, I was, I was in the, I was in the presence of people who were ahead of their time. So it was just a little bit of a different experience. But we didn't know how that technology was going to be used. It's so interesting to think about that. Yeah. My dad took me to take your daughter to work day one time and he showed me this, you know, he showed me this computer screen and it was like, Jenny, touch the buttons or touch the screen. And I would touch it. And then something would happen like, you know, and I was like, this is dumb. Who wants to touch a screen? <laughs> meanwhile, oh <my> <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, what meanwhile, are we doing all day? <laughs> let me touch my cell phone screen. Oh my goodness. Sometimes I lack vision. You know, sometimes I lack vision. Listen, same, same. Same. When Twitter came out, I mean, I think a lot of people were like, what are we going to do with this thing? Mm-hmm. And I think one of my first tweets, I don't know, it's out there somewhere, but it was like something about getting lunch or something like, I'm going to go get lunch now. 
because that's what we did because we were like we don't know what this thing is for and then it morphs into this whole being almost and then it changes the name and all these things yeah (laughs) it's wild it is wild talk about riding a wave that's it's been the technology wave and and that actually bringing it back to home and community it actually sometimes it has helped me feel a sense of community but I would say the majority of the time it makes me feel disconnected in Mm. a lot of ways technology does yeah, a little. Yeah. I mean, it's because when we, when I'm on things like Twitter or, you know, not Twitter, um, Instagram, cause I don't, I'm not on Twitter, but, um, oh, yes. Yes. whatever it's, it's called, it's yeah. fine. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just such a sea of information. It, it's like, it doesn't do my brain good. I can't, I can't like stop what, going in. So I have to like get off of it. Yeah. I always wanted to know like everything. So like when I was little in the library at school, I wanted to read all of the books in the library, which Mm. is basically Mm -hmm. impossible. But like, that's why for me, technology, I'm like, when the internet, I mean, I wasn't around when the internet first came out, but I was like, I want to read all the things. And you're like, the internet is growing literally every second by like a giant amount. <laughs> like, Also, I don't want to read all the things because I don't care about all the things. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm similar in a way. Like I, I need a lot of information and it takes me a little while to, to process it. And it takes me a little while to figure out how I think about it. Mm. So I'm just slower that way. You know, I, I'm a little more, I'm kind of methodical. I like to gather a ton of information before I can and digest it. So I can, so I can like have feel like, um, it's coming from a place of, of, um, truth home, you know, wholeness. Yeah. Wholeness. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And so I have to be very careful, I think, you know, um, what I'm taking in. I think all of us have to be, I'm not special. Yeah, we all do <laughs> like, for sure. I'm like trying to pretend I'm special. I'm not special. A lot of people are like this way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what were we talking about before that? We were talking about technology. Yes. Cusp of Gen X. But yeah, but that's super interesting because so I'm an elder millennial. Hi. <laughs> um, and so we we were around like before the internet, the public internet and after. But it sounds like you were kind of like in terms of technology, you were part of that too. So it is like kind of a blurring, right, of lines. Yeah. Yeah, it is a blurring of lines because I remember when I was a kid, you know, I made, I, I had a computer. My, it was one, we had one computer. My dad taught me basic programming, like how to, and basic is like so old, right? I knew, I knew basic. I learned basic. Did you? Oh my God. Yeah. I had a little basic for beginners and it was like this kid, like at this green screen, like big, huge computer. But yeah, that's where, that was like my first like book my dad gave me. Um, maybe second, but yeah, it was up there. And, uh, I, yeah. So, so 
we had a computer. Yeah. And so I would make things like newsletters. Yes. You know, yes. Before, you know, my peers did. So that was my fifth grade. I made newsletters in this program that was called. Okay. Well, I don't remember what it's called, but it had this thing where you could put in pictures instead of a word, like you could press a button and then it would change certain words into pictures, which are now like emojis. Right. Right. But it was back then. And anyways, that's what I did. I made newsletters as well. And that's so funny because like, and, and we knew programming and programming is like kind of amazing. And Mm -hmm. to know how to do it and learn how to do it. But then like, for me, at least I learned programming at computer camp because that those are the fun things I did when I was a kid. Yeah. And they called my programming. I got an award. It was for the, um, it was the Vera Wang award for best, like the most beautiful programming. And I I didn't know who that was at that time. Yeah. I didn't know who Vera Wang was. No, I did not, but I since have learned and I also, yes, her beautiful clothing design. Um, anyways, it's just interesting, right? We have some of these tools and then we don't, but we take all that knowledge and use it eventually, even if we're not like right there. Like we have to digest it and decide how we really want to use it in the world instead of just going out and like throwing stuff willy-nilly yeah Yeah. and I think that's why you know the online magazine works for me right so it works really well because then I can do the things like you know write but also you know put in the elements of photography like have it be visual you know be able to do video production I want to do more of that eventually um I would love to produce there's some there's some series I want to produce um what's one of them let's manifest okay so this was before the um pandemic I was working with a friend to create a series about um, a woman who is my age. Um, so we were in our forties, uh, but she didn't have kids. And so this was going to be easy for her to do. Not me. Um, but traveling and plus she had already done a film on traveling across, uh, the U S uh, she had gone to all 50 States. And so, uh, we were going to do, we had tried to do a series called my dear America. Oh. And you actually met the host Carla. Okay. So you met Carla at the, at the, yes. at the event. So, uh, so we thought, oh, oh, you know, every place is somebody's home and how do, and so we were going to go to different places and meet with the locals across the U S um, and yeah. And then see this woman unfold, like in, in this idea of like doing like really cool stuff, even though she's like in her forties, like learning how to surf for the first time, going in a dune buggy for the first time and then hanging out with locals. Um, and then really, you know, so, so that was, and we even shot the beginning of it. We shot, Oh my goodness. I know. I know. We shot it days before the, everything shut down days and it just, you know, it just never materialized, but that was, it was kind of like this love letter, but also like 
confusion about being American. What does it mean? You know, especially in a place that's so big and so diverse and so um, confusing at times. Right. So yeah, yeah that, that was the series. It was going to be like this Anthony Bourdain, but like from a woman's perspective. So a middle-aged woman's perspective, which Bourdain was middle-aged man when he went. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that is still so necessary and to be so valuable to see. I actually, when I went to Maine, because I had, I mean, yeah, well, okay. I went to Maine this year. I went to Savannah, Georgia. I went to Baltimore and I was like, Hey, that's a lot of States. Let me try to go to all the States. I had that idea on a plane when I was traveling over to see you and Anyways, that's just been kind of floating in my head. But I feel like that is so, because every time I travel, sometimes I have judgments, which I'm working on, but it doesn't matter because they're always smashed or like, again, our bias, right? I'm like, oh, I had this idea and it was totally wrong. So maybe, you know, next time don't have that, you know, think about that. Yeah, Yeah. I think, and I think that's where I get, not confused because that's not the, the, maybe necessarily the right word, but I'm holding, talking about identities, community, all the things that are inside of us. I'm holding multiples because yes, I am a white woman. I am also from very rural people, like people who like had, my mom grew up with a goat in her yard that she drank the milk from. So, you know, and very poor people. And then I have another side that's like very immigrant based. I mean, my grandfather, he rode the rails. Like he was like a, like a true, like he was a true, like we hobo. I don't think we're supposed to call it hobo, but yeah, he was like, he was legitimately. And my grandmother, his wife grew up on the banks of the Susquehanna river, um, Susquehanna river. And she like, you know, did her clothes in the river. I mean, it's so, so And then I also have people in my family who are very, they were very Mm pro-Trump. And so it was confusing. It's just weird, right? Because you hold all of these different things inside of you when you, yeah, you hold all these different things inside of you. And so is there a truth? Can there be multiple truths? So yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. Just that life is complicated. Life is so complicated. And also multiple things can be true at the same time. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Especially right now. I think a lot of us are having that conversation. Uh, the Palestine-Israel thing is going on. And so we're like, can we believe this thing about, and also this thing? And we're like, yes. <laughs> and yeah. And then, it, but then it goes back to like humanity, right? We're like, we're all humans. We want to feel safe and happy and um, have food and wa- clean food and water. And like, like it goes back to that root, right? And then it, I think that would be, that's something that would be very interesting to find when you, this person travels to all the states, right? And we're, we're not really all that different. No, (laughs) we're not really, even though sometimes it really feels like we are. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. I mean, I am, I am aware of how East coast I am when I go to California, you know, I am aware of my idiosyncrasies. So I do know that I have absorbed kind of the culture here. Right. But at the end of the day, 
we can hang, we can, we want the same things we yeah. can get together and we can coexist in a really beautiful way. Just like my neighborhood. Yeah. Just like your neighborhood. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know how we got here, but I love it. And it was so beautiful. And I'm so, I hope that you will continue moving forward with those things that you want to create, because I think they just sound so lovely. And um, the fact that you're creating this community of people who don't necessarily have a community, right? The media don't focus on that community. And um, yeah, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, that is what we're trying to do with both Jennifer, the online magazine and with Gen X is create a space for people to feel um, welcomed and uh, specifically like people who believe in our shared humanity are out there trying to do good in the world and who are, um, you know, pro uh, diversity and pro people. And you're creating a home for those people. Like if we could say, use that word for that, like a place mm -hmm. where different people, and I know you're also trying to focus on women and the LGBTQ community and uh, black and brown communities. Again, like the opposite of what we've seen for majority of our life, right? Like right. the white man, <laughs> like- <laughs> Let's mm -hmm. create a community that looks different than that. And what what would the world look like if we created that kind of a community? And I think it would look so amazing. And we would do some like some very incredible things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let's keep swimming forward. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share about? home or anything we talked about today. I know we've already been chatting for a while, but is there anything else that is that would like to be released from your mouth? Yeah, I would. I there there is something that's been on my heart and that is the idea of what we bring to our home. So the idea of home is what we make it. Home is what we put into it. And so thinking about the energy the the little things um little things like delight you know little things like um acceptance that's a big thing but it should be a little thing um you know when you welcome somebody into your home you want you treat them with respect and and that is you know that takes something from you to to like give to give respect and so i just think that if you know, if we're looking at homes, um, whether they be big or small with walking closets or, you know, swimming pools in the backyard or a goat in the yard, <laughs> maybe a cow, maybe a cow, maybe a llama, um, it's fine. Maybe a llama. <laughs> um, just being very mindful and really being very mindful of what we put into our home. Mm. I think that's really important. Like there's paint, there's color. My house, there's lots of plants, but also what is it that we're putting into it? And just taking that kind of idea everywhere. Mm, I love that. So 
Yeah. So a question for everyone to think about is what you're putting into your home Mm -hmm. and how is that impacting your surroundings and everybody who's living in your home and even visiting your home? Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for talking with me today. Um, Yeah, we went on a whole wild ride and I loved it. (laughs) And I'm so excited that you were on one of the first three episodes of my podcast. And yeah, I can't wait to come visit you and maybe I'll get to meet or interact with your neighborhood in person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for having me on. I am just so happy to be able to um, be on your podcast. It's amazing. Uh, Talking about home is something that I love. And I think, you know, is is something we, you know, is just delightful. So thank you. For some people, home can be a physical space. If you are listening to this podcast and dreaming of moving into a new home, but not sure of the first step to take, I created my course, Yes, You Can Become a Homeowner, just for you. Maybe you're sick of the landlord raising your rent again, or you really want to get a dog and you need more space. The course, Yes, You Can Become a Homeowner, includes short videos and a plan for exactly how to break up with your landlord and find that backyard you've been dreaming of. Binge watch the course in just a few hours. Included with the course is access to my exclusive community, a place where you can ask questions, connect with other women who are on the same journey, and celebrate once you get the keys to your very own home. Start your path to finding home by visiting movewithrose.com backslash keys. That's keys, K-E-Y-S. A very special thank you to everyone who contributed to this home is where dot 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 episode. Today's guest, Jennifer Cooper. Custom music written and performed by Juniper Waller and Billy D. Thompson. Editing by Danielle McKinney. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast and share your story of home, send an email to rose at movewithrose.com. May we all have a chance to find home, feel at home, and be home. Bye!